with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond EVPs. With me, my co-host, all the way from East Bridgewater, the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Ann Kerrigan. Well, hello there. Did, did somebody just say, ow? What was I, that? I have no clue. It must be the spirit of uh, talk host, host <laughs> past. <laughs> I have no clue. Okay. Well, at any rate, how be you? Uh, better than nothing. That's what my wife says. Oh, okay. That's so true. anyway, we got a great show tonight because we have two guys that probably know more than anything about the subject we're going to be talking about. So that's yeah. kind of exciting. So yes, that is awesome. Yeah, and okay. and as you know, the, uh, there is a new Ouija board out, uh, which of course I gave a spin on. It's a new sexy Ouija board, by the way. <laughs> I, gave, I gave a spin on. It. And on wow, there's people laughing. I don't know that <laughs> I'm hearing voices. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, let's bring them on since I I hear them chuckling in the background. I think um, I think they titter. They're tittering at you. Tittering, <laughs> tittering. Is that a word? Tittering. Yes. I'm not sure. Okay. It uh, is. They they are none other in no particular order. Uh, Robert Murich and Brandon. What is Brandon's last name? Hodge. <laughs> isn't he a great, isn't he a great host? Like what a fabulous introduction. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the original <laughs> Scottish pronunciation of Hodge. 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 Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Actually, we have uh, Stephen Scott in the uh, chat room who is from Scotland, so I will ask, have to ask him if that is the proper uh, <laughs> pronunciation in Scottish. <laughs> So, I mean, Bob, I've known, like, forever, ever since I um, took the big dip into uh, the paranormal. And um, But, Brandon, I don't think I've ever met you or, uh, at all. I don't know that, no, I don't, I don't believe that we've had the opportunity. Bob and I have been working together for a few years now because we we really fill in the gaps of one another's research just, uh, just perfectly, really. Uh, Bob is... As everyone knows, the, the Ouija board king, the expert on all things Ouija and talking board. And my concentration is more on the early spiritualist movement, other communication devices that preceded and succeeded the Ouija board, and uh, particularly uh, planchettes, which are my, my specialty and, and, and uh, which enjoy a, about a 40-year history before the Ouija board comes along and were a fad, you know, the, the, it was, you know, uh, an equally popular fad in their day as the Ouija board would later become. But have been sort of forgotten. So Robert tends to, uh, Merch tends to get all the, the flash and the glitz and the, <laughs> you know, and the sexiness <laughs> of the Ouija, and I have to sort of raise my hand from the back of the room and go, oh, don't forget the Sanchez. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, here they are. So. Yeah, uh, Bob gets a lot of that glitz, especially like the Showtime specials that make them look so good. Wow. Hey, hey that's I'm fabulous. 
Yeah. <laughs> fabulous no matter how old. And Ron, I will tell you, you know, we have known each other for a long time, and we are getting old. <laughs> no doubt about it. Bob, there's <laughs> no way you will ever be as old as Van Helsing. No way. <laughs> Can't happen. I have a few thousand years to catch up on. Yes, you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, Van Helsing's been going to the health club, so he is buff, and he's got oh, yeah. guns now, so watch out, you know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a new, improved, next-generation Van Helsing. Oh, he's a kick-ass Van Helsing. Is that what there you're trying you to go. tell us? Okay. <laughs> there you go. All so, right. any, anyways, um, I know you guys just got back from uh, Parafest or Paracon or Para or whatever the heck it is uh, out there, and you guys, what was it? Parafest. Parafest. Because of what? it was infested by paranormal people. <laughs> yeah. <big time. laughs> um, so you guys, you you got to, uh, you know, I, I saw a few pictures online, and you got to use the new sexy uh, Ouija board. And so, so what do you think? Well, they they've been working. Hasbro has been working on um, the new Ouija for a while, and mm-hmm. um, so it, it was pretty interesting. I. I had, seen and heard some things previously, um, and it looks awesome. I mean, I think it was about time the, the Ouija board has had the same look, basically, since the 40s, and mm-hmm. it was about time for a facelift. I think they pretty much brought it right up into the future. It looks amazing. It, it There's a few things I wish it, it did a little better. I wish it moved a little bit better and the planchette wasn't as heavy, but... As we saw during Parafest, people got it moving, and the uh, the black light that's inside of it that Brandon had figured out before any of us uh, revealed messages were was yeah. pretty cool. That's it's cool. a neat twist, and 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 also, so not only is there the new new Ouija board out there, but Winning Moves, which is a, a company right near us, um, it in uh, Danvers, they licensed Ouija to make Ouija Classic, so they did a throwback version on Masonite to the right. 90s version. So we got to take the spirits to the taste test to find out which Ouija they liked. <laughs> mm. Wow. It was funny. It was they both neat. got equal credence. I mean, you had a lot of people that were like, you know, ooh, I, I really like the new Ouija. Give me that one. But then might come a few minutes later and go, you know what? I kind of want to try out the winning moves. And then people that would start off with the winning moves and, and then ended up taking one of the new Hasbro's home. So it, uh, I think, Bob, it was kind of a, a 50-50 split taste test it by the end of the night, huh? Yeah, it, it, it really was. And, and people, so by the way, Hasbro was kind enough to uh, donate five cases of the new uh, Ouija board and Winning Moves donated five cases of the Ouija oh, Classic. Man. So, wow. There were a lot of, and, and everyone got to take them home at the end of it. So um, yeah. there was, you know, over 100 people playing Ouija boards at the same time. It was It's a fascinating thing to see when you see that many people all opening gates to hell at once. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but in all fairness now to, to Van Helsing, all right, uh, I remember a few years back we did this conference called Contact at the Hooten Mansion in North Adams, and I did this Ouija board of it where this gentleman donated a, a couple cases of these wonderful Ouija boards that were made in Salem. Do you remember that, Bob? <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, that's been done before. All right. Yeah. Well, that was for peak, and of course, 
no Ouija board is better than Cryptique Absolutely. Spirit Board from Salem, Massachusetts, particularly because I, they were mine. <laughs> but <Yeah>. the, um, <laughs> there you go. So that made it better. But um, but yeah, it was just pretty neat. It was neat that the, the companies you know, who were making them care enough to still help promote them. And the big departure on the new Ouija board from the old one is, I think everyone remembers the old tagline, which is, it's just a game, isn't yeah. it? Isn't and that that's, cool? that's been changed, so that's that's no longer. That's, that's passed, because the new Ouija board, if you open it up, the box is full of the uh, kind of urban legend superstitions. Yeah, the first thing it says is never use a Ouija board if you think it's just a game. Off an end, never use it in a cemetery. Oh, really? Never use it alone. All the Ouija stitions that we've collected over the years appear very front and center. So the departure from this is just a game to use this to talk to spirits, completely new. Wow. Absolutely. But uh, isn't that really going back to to its roots? Yes. I, I mean, Brandon can talk about kind of what was going on before the Ouija board, how it, how the Ouija board came about what was happening during that time and what yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that important that's a very important designation in this in the collecting and the research realm is is this manufactured as a as a pop culture you know fad or toy or is this a tool for communicating with the dead and and we see that flip in planchettes we can identify some of the earliest planchettes and for the uh for the listeners who aren't familiar with planchettes these are heart-shaped devices. They're six to eight inches long. They, uh, they're heart-shaped. They have two wheels at each lobe of the heart. And the third wheel that would be at the point of the heart is actually a pencil. And so mm -hmm. rather than pointing out letters and numbers and messages on a board, you would, everyone would place their hands on the planchette, and it would write out messages on paper spread over the tabletop. And uh, this is this is one of the earliest forms of spirit communication, and the earliest ones that we're able to identify from the 1850s, um, which they were invented in 1853 in Paris. Oddly enough, they have a French name after all, but uh, we're able to identify them because they are sold expressly as this is a spirit communication device, which um, is is something that became more nebulous as Luigi came along. But for them as well, once toy manufacturers picked up the fad in 1868, which is when those, the, you know, the bank kind of breaks wide open for planchettes in the way that it would with the Ouija in the 1890s. That's a, an important distinction where, where it goes from a serious mode of spirit communication to, well, let's lighten this up and turn it, you know, and, and, you know, kind of appeal to the whole family as a parlor game. So you, you see that shift in many forms of spirit communication over the years. I think that is so interesting because I I was uh, on your website earlier today and I I did not realize that the planchette came before the game and I never knew that it wrote you know independently and and that's really interesting. Well, welcome to my mission in life to educate the world on the forgotten <laughs> mysteries of the planchette. There you go. <laughs> Poor disregarded little little device. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in 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 the new Ouija board. They actually call it a planchette for the first time ever. Used to be called a message indicator. So they oh, finally I know given. That. 
Yeah, they finally gave the planchette its name, its rightful name. So Brandon Zariaffe. Yeah. <laughs> is it about time? And the reason that is, in the, in the early history, you know, the original patentees and manufacturers of the Ouija thought to step away from its planchette roots. Part of this might have been for patent security purposes, but originally, as Bob can talk about in the 1880s, when we see the immediate precursors to the Ouija board, the talking board, you know, before Ouija, the brand name, became a, a, a reality, um, is they're calling this thing the new planchette. And, uh, and so, you know, Bob can talk a little bit about how when Ouija came along, they tried to distance themselves from the earlier fad. Yeah, it, it, it seems like the people, who, since Planchette had already kind of had its fad and was slowing down, they didn't want, it, it, this is all what we think. We just know that the first Planchette to a Ouija board looked like a ping pong paddle. It had four legs. It did not look like the heart-shaped or any of the other shaped planchettes that we have. And so we think that what they were trying to do was to come up with something different enough so that people didn't feel like they were buying the same thing, that it right. would change a little bit. But but early, it wasn't too long. So Ouija gets named and um, it's filed for a patent in 1890. And it, it by 1893, 1894, they're already going changing the shape of the planchette back to what everyone thought of as the planchette. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of, like, fights and, and things with other companies that caused that. But obviously, it's what people thought of. It's what people wanted to see. And, and it also made more sense, pointing it out, right. they were smaller. You, you right. know, there's still, because of the shaper, there is still confusion by some people who believe that the pointer is actually the edge of it that reads the letters versus the cutout in the center. And, and, and no matter... You know how long it's been around. That always seems to be a bit of a confusion. The window is a confusing thing, uh, uh, Bob. I'm not sure that we have any specific history on on who decided the window was a great idea beyond the patentees. But yeah, that you know, even as a as a you know younger guy, that always confused me too. Like, do we look through the window or do we look through the pointer? Because yeah, it it originally was the point, and what really happened is William Fold. And William Fole was a master at making sure that his patents were secured. And so the reason he put a window in there was so that he could take out another patent. So he adds the hole so that he can then have a patent on that planchette, which makes total business sense. And again, it allowed him to update it because patents expire. Hey. And for those who are listening who don't know, William Fold was one of the um, original stockholders in the company, an employee there who took over the company. And he and his family made the Ouija board from 1890 to 1966 when they sold to Parker Brothers. Wow, that's amazing. It's a long you know, time. It's pretty cool. And there's so many it cool Ouija boards that's been out there. And, of course, there was big patent fights and so forth uh, uh, mm -hmm. in, in regards. I, I th in fact, some of them, I believe, they're like blacked out on some of the boards. Isn't that right, Bob? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, so the thing is, is, and Brandon started talking about it, is talking boards, a general term we use for these type of games that have a movable piece that point out letters, numbers, symbols, words, uh, starts in 1886. And that's where actually the term talking board comes from. Um, Ouija 
is a trademark and a brand. And today that brand and trademark is owned by Hasbro. So like everything else, when something is really popular, and because Ouija was the first patented talking board in a sense that is exactly what we think of as a talking board, it, it won. It had from 1891 to 1908, where technically they could not be other talking boards that work like it. We know that wasn't true. People tried, and they would have to, you know, get shut down, or there would be lawsuits. Mm-hmm. But mostly, what people tried to steal was the name, because yeah. Ouija is such a big, powerful brand. And often, people would try to slap it on their boards, and we would see that even if the board survived, it wasn't very long before the name changed. Right. Before they took Ouija off, so they, they probably got slapped. Does Ouija hard. actually but, yeah. mean anything? Is it a real word? I'm really glad you asked that because Uh, recently, in the last year or two, um, we were able to hear the story of how Luigi got its name. And it's different than what we had thought or been told before. Really? So a lot of people today, including myself, have been going around thinking Ouija is a combination of the French and German words. Yes. We and yeah. Mm -hmm. And William Folds, because he would change his story, you know, every five years about <laughs> how it came about, this was one of his stories. And mm-hmm. it seems to be picked up by everybody. And it makes sense, you know. Um, but I found some letters in 1919 from all the people who were there and involved in the thing. And the only thing they agree on is how it got its name. And basically a woman named Helen Peters who was Elijah Bond's sister-in-law. Elijah Bond was the guy who patented the Ouija board. She was apparently a medium, and they were all sitting around their um, house in Baltimore, Maryland, and they asked the Ouija board what it wanted to be named. It spelt out O-U-I-J-A. And when they asked it what that meant, it said good luck. Hence, Ah. the Egyptian luck board was born. You know, you know I, I, I heard you, you originally told me the, the Ouija is yes and no years and years ago, so you gave me false information. That's all I can say. But uh, anyway, I told him, I'm like the Ouija board, I lie. Yeah. Pass, pass that. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. You should have went on the, I should have tested you on the Ouija. Uh, Jason uh, Robito, who I Robito. believe you know, too. Yeah, if I said that right, which is a miracle if I hey, did. Hey, Jason. Uh, uh, he he was the one that told me about how the board had named itself, and uh, so. But I'm sure we got that from you, anyways, Bob. Well, well there's a, yeah, the, there's an interesting. If I can finish up Bob's story, there's there's an interesting sort of after you know uh, afterward to that that story, uh, the coda, if you will, and that they uh, they spy a necklace on Helen Peters' neck, and it's a, it's an openable locket, and it has a picture of a woman on one side. And the word Ouija on the other, and Bob, correct me if I'm getting anything wrong, but they ask her, uh, it's sort of pertaining to the, idio, uh, the possible idiomotor response. They say, were you thinking of, of this locket or this woman whenever you named it? She says, no. And the funny thing is, for the longest time that confused us, well, you know, why would this locket have the name? But it turns out there was actually a famous uh, French, uh, sorry, English novelist named Ouija. And having seen her signature, her D has a sweeping loop under it that could, in you know, certain uh, parties, certainly be misunder, you know, mis- or re- misrepresented or, or misunderstood as mm-hmm. a J, and so, or per- perhaps just misspelled straight up on the board. 
And so the, the, the working theory now is that the locket, you know, the mystery locket mentioned in the accounts that Bob was referring to, uh, actually was a locket that had the novelist Weta uh, uh-huh. on it. She was very popular. She had a, sort of a pop culture following. So. Mm. Oh. So like, like everything so right real there, quick Bob? shout out. You did. You did did a great job. Um, So a couple of shout-outs and one of the ones. Now, I know at your spirit quest, Ron, you are going, Ouija is going to be proudly represented by Jason Robito, who is, yes, a very good friend and one of the early collectors that I knew. I think there were three of us at the time who all ran into each other, all in the Northeast. I bet. And um, Jason, he's a great guy. He loves using these boards. He's very passionate, as you know. So for all of you listeners out there who are thinking about going to SpareQuest, you should go for no other reason than to see Jason Robito and his boards because he's going to bring a lot of his collection. He's going to play. You guys will have a blast. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, that's and, his, and his charming wife, Heather, uh, who is a witch oh, as well. Heather. I mean. Yeah, Heather is amazing. She'll, she'll probably, if I, hopefully I don't get this wrong, Jason, but... I believe she'll probably be talking to people about the correct way to use it or protections to use it, um, as well as kind of a bit of its history. And she's also an amazing helper collector because I know for a fact she finds amazing deals for Jason on his boards that make us all yeah, How does that work? It's killing me. funny. I never, I never run into Jason out in the field, but I always run into his wife. So it's the real, the real power behind the throne there. Do you guys, like, yeah. shove each other out of the way if you're, like, a yard sale or something, and you're like, no, it's mine, it's mine, I'll give you this, I'll give you that? <laughs> you know, we do, we, we basically, we sell our souls to the devil to get better boards, <laughs> and that's basically, whoever had the better soul is the one who won, I think. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I've got the bug now, I, I have to admit it, but, you know, I'm a newbie, so, you know, I don't have anything really exciting than, other than, of course, the Bobby Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Actually, we were coming. Uh, we were coming back last year from. Uh, where the heck were we, Ron? Oh, we were at the Houghton Mansion event. Yes, we uh, were this past March, uh-huh. and we stopped at a antique slash junk place. And uh, Ron was asking for a Ouija board. So I do that now. Any time I go by, yeah, I'll still pop in any Ouija's, and uh, yeah. I, you know, I got a little collection just starting, but. I have one on the way from uh, the West Coast that is totally cursed. Uh, they, they keep it in the lock and key, so really? I'm going to be in proud possession of this pre-Ouija board. It's not called the Ouija board. It's called the Spirit Board of some sort, so I'm dying to get my hands on that one. Or maybe literally, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a pre-Ouija board. Well, it's a pre-Ouija board. I it's love a that. It's a pre board, and, and so, again, for the listeners, I'm going to do two things. I'm address this and then take us back for a second. But um, the reason why other people call it these things like spirit boards, witch boards, um, devil boards, it's because they can't say Ouija. Um, <laughs> but we do know this. We do know that witch board is before Ouija, and that's something that's new. Um, I actually, with working with a collector from a, a certain toy collector, not Ouija mm-hmm. board, we kind of uncovered an article where a company from the from Massachusetts made what they call a witch board in 1886 and sent it to Grover Cleveland, the president, for his wedding. Oh, and he died. And that letter, no, no, the letter um, was published in the Boston Globe. And Grover Cleveland's response was also posted in there. So really? he sends it to him. 
And the president writes back and says, thank you so much for this wonderful gift. I take it as a token of friendship, but I don't think I'll be consulting it about the past, present, or future or national security anytime soon. So <laughs> no, we know I mean, that... You know, we because know shortly he, um, after that, he died, right? So he was mm, able to see all that anyways. He was, you know, he was there for a little while. <laughs> you sure? Actually, we, we he came don't back know. to be president. Yeah. Over Cleveland, yeah, he came back to be president again. He was one of the few presidents that had... Um, Two terms, not consecutive. Uh, so, I was thinking um, Garfield and or Arthur or some whatever. One of, <laughs> one of the other old fat presidents, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cigar smoking, whatever. I know we're coming up to the break, and, and I actually got a surprise for you guys after the break. A couple of surprises. Ooh, we like surprises. Ooh. Oh, good, good. But I'm I, I out to the break, and, and um, Brandon, I, you have been, how long have you been collecting? Oh, about 15 years or so now. And you, you primarily, uh, planchettes, is that your primary? Uh, That's correct. Um, yeah, the so planchettes is my, my primary, you know, primary focus, as it were, for, for the antiques. And, but also other the spirit dials and early spirit communication tools. Uh, I really like the complicated mechanisms of some of the earlier false starts, if you will, and some of the later false starts that, you know, tried to sort of, Ride on Ouija's coattails. So I, I really like the complicated mechanisms and stuff that some people tried to, to tried to use to get around the patents, as it were. And, the, and the, are they on your website? Absolutely. I have uh, three galleries of two galleries of planchettes, American and British planchettes at mysteriousplanchette.com. There's also an other talking tables gallery, which is some of the more bizarre mechanisms. And then there's a entire gallery of Ouija or talking board indicators. Uh, there, so four galleries at mysteriousplanet.com. And would you slow that down so people can actually hear it? <laughs> <laughs> mysteriousplanet.com. Yeah. There you go. That's and that is on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Bob, uh, we're just about 30 seconds to the break, so uh, you want to give out your two websites as well, if you will, whatever one you care about. Sure. If people want to see what I'm doing or what I'm up to personally, it's robertmerch.com. And if you want to learn more about the Ouija board, it's williamfold.com. And the soon upcoming talkingboards.com, where they will be every talking board that's ever been made. Get out. Someday. Someday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Anyways, I hear the beats. That means my little heart is going pitter patter. So uh, we've got to <laughs> take a break here. So you are listening to Ghost Chronicles um, Next Generation with the blonde bombshell herself and Kerrigan in New England's own Van Helso Sink, the humble Ron Cullet, right here on Tojinex Pararex Ghost Channel Beyond. And our special guests have been Brandon Hodge and Robin Roach. We'll be right back after the following. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul-searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. 
all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our two very special guests tonight, Robert Merch and Brandon Hodge. Yeah, I remember hey. Brandon's name now, just like Ken Hodge. You know, I can I can remember that. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, one thing that I came across, in fact, I was going to go and pluck down the money for it until I found out how much it was, is this lovely thing called the Spring Ouija Board. Have you heard of it, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a new it. player. It's, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's come you know right. It's bounced right onto the field. Um, it's made in the UK, and mm-hmm. it looks like a sit and spin. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> it, you know, it's a what and spin? You, I you back. It looks like a, it's like a spirit sit and spin. You know, when uh, you were little, you remember you sat in a family, family program, program, Mr. Merch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh. Don't stop. Don't stop. Oh, I've actually funny. I've actually put the links to that on my Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. If you haven't liked it, you can pretend you like us and like and go and see it. Um, but it is on there. There's a little video on there. And so, so what is what is your thoughts on this this new kid on the block? It's you know it, I love seeing new things, and that's definitely new. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I I haven't I'm. They're sending me one uh, to test out, so I'm. It looks funny, I, you know. There's no doubt about it. Look, it looks funny, and the fact that the video everyone has British accents makes it funnier. But I don't know <laughs> how it works, and if it if it works, they sound funny in their British accents when they sound scared. So I like that, but I just mm-hmm. don't know how it will really work out. It, it looks like actually when I watch the video, and Brandon's probably seen it too, where it, it actually I like it as it turns and points the letters, but the spring part kind of throws me. For a loop, I, I just can't tell how specific the bend would be. But, mm-hmm. but I like that it brings us back to like the table tipping stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Now I I have a question uh, from the chat room from Stephen Scott. Now he's in Scotland, and he wants to know if you can buy the the Ouija in stores um, in the United States because uh, where he is, he has only seen them in like alternate psychic shops, and they're big ornate. Things. Toys are us. I mean, Maybe yeah. Right. You can yeah. still get them in the United States, like at, at a place like a toy store, right? Yeah. You, yeah, you can get them at Target. Um, Target and, and Walmart tend to, Walmart just recently, tend to only sell them um, around Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. or holiday season, I think right up through um, Christmas. But uh, yeah, Toys R Us always sells them. Spencer yep. Gifts, Hot Topic. You know, they, right. they, hopefully one of those places around you has them. But if you can't find it there, Amazon.com has both the new, the glow-in-the-dark classic. Hey, I've, I've, got the, I've, I've got the uh, the latest one, uh, you know, as soon as I found out about it, and I went out and bought it. And I really like it. The only problem I found is, is if you put it on a table, the, the backside is so slippery and the planchette is so uh, difficult to move because the, the board is... Is, 
has got a texture to it that it kind of like yeah. pushes it a bit around. So uh, I can tell you what to get to put underneath that. Actually, I already know how to do that. All you do is go to the dollar store and get one of those shelf liner things and lay That's it down right. with a rubber vet, and that works absolutely <laughs> fine. Trust me, you are talking with Van Helsing, who's been here oh. longer than you've ever you. been. <laughs> so anyway... Hi. I've got a little surprise for you guys, and uh, let me just tell uh, Roy there in the uh, stack that uh, to queue it up. Uh, uh, we have um, a good friend of mine, Vala Ventura, who has written yeah. the book of Bizarre and Beyond Bizarre, and this the little bits that that come up. And uh, so, anyways, I happen to find one that she actually uh, did about you guys. So, can we uh, play that now? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh no. Origins of the Ouija. The Ouija is any surface printed with letters, numbers, and other symbols and used as a tool to communicate with the dead. The Ouija board, which was patented by the Parker Brothers in 1920, is what most commonly comes to mind when thinking of the Ouija. The word Ouija is believed to stem from oui, meaning yes in French, and ja, meaning yes in Scandinavian languages and in German. Other stories say that the name of the tool was revealed to inventor Charles Kennard during a seance and that Ouija is actually an ancient Egyptian word meaning good luck. A freaky fact from Barla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar. See, I had no idea what that was about and, and but. Really? So and thus the myth get perpetuate, in, right, Merge? Yeah, yeah. And and so they get an A for effort, but but at least they they knew that there was you know the rumor that it was revealed to him, which is true according to the people who were there. Um, but they said patented in eight, in 1920 by Parker Brothers. It was actually patented by Elijah Bond in 1891, and uh -huh. um, the trade was in. And, and purchased by Parker Brothers in 1966. Exactly. So there you go, guys. Look at that. I knew if anybody would know, you would know, even though you were originally wrong, wrong when you first told me it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Oh, he's oh, boy. never going to let you guys know. He'll never let go of that. Those are more funner facts? Pardon me? I said, are those more funner facts? Yeah, those are more funner facts. Yeah, those are more funner facts. You know, the last one, last week's show was a really good one because it was uh, Mike the Headless Chicken who uh, oh, had his head, head, head cut off and, and uh, he lived for 18 months uh, touring mm -hmm. the country. Oh, yeah. my so, God. Um, you know, you guys, are, you guys are in a high spot. Oh, yeah. It's hard to be a difficult guest to communicate with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, I want to talk to uh, Brandon because um, I've talked to Mike. Uh, what's his name before? Not Mike. Well, maybe I have talked to Mike. Um, <laughs> Mike, oh my God. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, he, the planchette has always intrigued me. And, and the writing planchette, the ones that actually physically write, which is very similar to automatic writing, I assumed, right? It, it, exactly. It is a tool for automatic writing. Okay. Okay. How successful are they? 
Well, uh, given some of the some of the examples of historic automatic writing that we we've seen from the planchette and I've uncovered in my research, pretty darn accurate and and incredibly legible even uh, given what you would expect and given some of the results I've seen in more modern times. Um, but you know, you certainly uh, probably coming from an age where they were a bit more adept at cursive script than we are in our modern uh, modern days. Um, Actually, fairly remarkable. And you hear the same stories coming out of that era regarding, um, you know, incredible messages and, and things that the planchette could not have known, uh, facts that the spirits could not have known. Um, you hear the exact same cycle of stories come out of the planchette as you do later with the Ouija. And I know we're, we're probably more familiar with some of those stories. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, re remarkably remarkably accurate. I do have some specimens here which are are incredibly legible. Um, uh, historical specimens certainly lend themselves to some creative interpretations, if you will, to to arrive at the at the perfect answer. But um, you know, we have uh, we've got a lot a lot of incredibly legible examples that apparently uh, you know for for those sitters who received them, they were remarkable uh, in their accuracy and, and for the breadth of information that they provided to, to the sitters, given the facts they were giving out. So, um, and, and the planchette, is it used by one person or two people? It can be cooperative. Yeah, in the earliest, the, the earliest invention of the planchette in 1853, and I, I had the fortune to visit the actual address of the still-standing uh, flat in Paris where it was actually invented on the 157th anniversary of the planchette's invention. So that was a, oh, wow. a, a really cool thing for me to, not that that's a great round number for an anniversary, but it was a really neat experience to be there on, on the anniversary. And um, and it was originally, I believe the account says there were four sitters that put their hands on it, and the original planchette was an upturned egg basket or a basket uh, that had a pencil jam through it and, no, and okay. it was put on paper. And so from that it was refined to the wooden board. At some point it, it adopts the heart shape, particularly in America. Once it crosses over to America, we tended to manufacture them with a heart shape. And, and for anyone who checks out the galleries on my site, you'll see almost universally heart shapes in America with a few shield-shaped um, uh, alternatives, but then when you go to the British galleries, you see that they all stuck with the original 1867 illustration, which is sort of uh, from a newspaper article that really broke the planchette wide open in, in the worldwide eye as, as that story got reprinted. But the British planchettes have a blunt, rounded nose and a straight back, so they're a little more sort of paddle-shaped, as it were, sort of blunt-nosed. And uh, and so the British tend to make them that way. So identifying the origin of a planchette generically is is usually pretty pretty easy from that perspective, given how they were manufactured on both shores. Okay. And are planchettes still available for purchase? Is there still a, a company that's making them and um, are they available? Certainly, some of the finest planchettes, and this is not a paid endorsement, but certainly some right. of the Finest modern planchettes are manufactured by Nicholas of ParanormalProducts.com. Uh, and he brings his stuff to shows, and he, and he often sits with us and allows us to use some of his stuff in his lectures to, to display to people. And uh, that, there are very few modern alternatives. There is one, Bob, is it Wishcraft? There's, there's one currently manufactured as a lumber party little girl's toy, and it's pink, <laughs> I believe, and heart-shaped, and... 
uses a Sharpie, and then there's a few other examples. But the only serious manufacturer that I'm currently aware of that's in production is is Nick's products. So, and uh, he he is a real craftsman too. So it's good uh-huh. to see someone still perpetuating the art. Okay. It's pretty amazing. I mean, if you think about it, what are the odds that you could actually, with a number of people using this planchette at the same time, having something legibly written? I mean, it really seems to me like it's something that you could not fake. Well, it, you're right, and and it, it is something. I mean, uh, I'm going to argue all over that one. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you know, uh, Shannon Silva has a planchette that that measures the the uh, pressure on it, right? Is, is that right, R- Robert? It's the eyeway. The eyeway. The eyeway. Yeah. Right. So that that kind of we know that you can move the planchette. So if you can move the planchette on a Ouija board, you certainly could move it uh, as a planchette as an automatic writing as well, don't you? Don't you? Would right, you agree right. with it? And I think she's saying cooperatively. If you've got four people with their fingers yeah. on it, how in the world? I mean, pointing to letters is one thing. And that really is the funny thing about the planchette that always fascinates me. One, on the level that people aren't really aware of that earlier history, even though it had a 40-year spread of some really, really popular, uh, being a very popular item as a fad. But we actually, the earliest forms of spirit communication is letters on a tabletop, pencil in hand, pointing to the letters, sound familiar? Pointing to the letters to spell out messages <laughs> and waiting for the table to wrap as everyone has their hands on the table. So a little bit of a, of a, of a precursor to the Ouija board in that you're not moving, you know, the pencil wasn't being moved automatically. You're moving the pencil deliberately, but you're waiting for wraps from the table which is sort of acting as a giant planchette, not in pointing things out, but indicating which letter. That is the earliest form, uh, other than calling the alphabet out, that is the earliest alternative to laboriously calling the alphabet out to the air, hoping for a wrap at a table. And so it's funny that very early on, people were like, hey, let's spread the letters here on this table and point to them. And that happens almost immediately in the late 1840s, and for whatever reason, there's this evolutionary branch of the planchette that sprouts off from the tree and persists for 40 years before people went, wow, it's a hell of a lot easier to point to letters than it is to, to read the scribbling that we just produced. So it does amaze me that the planchette had the, the life and the popularity that it did. So I think that is telling to the effectiveness of the messages that it's producing. Uh, and it certainly the the accounts hold up in that regard. Right. Okay. Right. I I mean, uh, you know, you've got you've got four, you know, a number of people. You know. Right. I mean, who's who's going to get a legible well, message out of it? And you know, I'd have to see it to believe well, it. Well, you know, I think the same thing happens with like a Ouija board, which is, I mean, if exactly. you believe that, well, I guess either way, it's that if you believe it's idiomotor response, it's one person's subconscious is becoming dominant. Exactly. And so the other okay. ones start to follow it. Because if you ever watch a Ouija session, more of us are probably familiar with watching a Ouija session, but I would imagine it works the same with 
automatic writing. And in the beginning, it's very jerky. As this, if you again, if you're following the scientific method, which is it's people subconscious that's doing this, and it's just like when you throw a bunch of people in a room and give them one of those team building exercises, right. the personalities figure out who's dominant, who's the leader, who's going to mm-hmm. be in charge. And I mm-hmm. think after that's decided by however it works, once that person does, I would think it would be incredibly legible because. It would be in in the stat, and in fact, I would even wonder would be neat experiment, Brandon, to do if we could find out if we got handwriting samples of the people before we did the experiment to find out whose handwriting it looked most like. That's a great idea. Yeah, and this year at Parapest, I had hoped to have a planchette table, but we just got too crazy, you know. There was drinking to be done. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was yeah. Spirits I of think that time, would be more fun time. That's that's a great idea, though, uh, Bob. I I think that would be a fabulous experiment. And there's actually recently there's been a New York artist that's been putting on these massive auto writing performances and sort of performance art. And it's not just him; he has all these you know different authors and artists come together and do these massive auto automatic writing projects and uh, mm-hmm. and with some planchettes involved. So and they they get results, which he then displays as, as art. If I I remember the uh, the terms of it correctly, but that was a recent New York um, performance. So. Wow! Huh. Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's because like the the paranormal, as much as we've been around for a long time, Ron, the paranormal has been hot. It has never been hotter, and and I think it is it is it has not crest yet. I think it's. I mean, look at how many shows on the Biography Channel are paranormal or the Animal Planet or places right. you wouldn't expect to see this. It's everywhere. And these festivals, Spirit Quest, I, I would imagine they're bigger and attracting more people just from what I'm seeing. And I, I think people are often drawn to, like, in times of uncertainty. I know Ouija does better when it's times of war and uncertainty, but spiritualism right. in general seems to follow that. The same, right, and, that same formula, absolutely. Now, I mean... I'm going to ask. I mean, you you did that experiment with Showtime Penteller, and and that didn't come out too good. Uh, I, I, you you do remember that, Bob? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Of course, I remember. I I'm still recognized on the street from that episode <laughs> of bullshit. Um, I'm very proud of it, by the way. And I'll I'll tell you why because. We were making Cryptique, and we were in, I think, our first year, and they agreed to use Cryptique for that whole... So for listeners, season one, Ouija board episode, um, you will see a very young Robert Marsh, and they used Cryptique that we were making, and um, they actually gave it its tagline, which was the perfect blend of death and the mall. And and it became what Cryptique was known for, And, and we got into Toys R Us, ToysRUs.com and Amazon.com just because we were on Penn & Teller. So we made a lot of money off of being on Penn & Teller. So I will only say good things about them. Oh, hell yeah. They they did make my friends did not come out as good. But luckily, Christian, as you know, Sean, they're really good sports. And uh, again, I think it, it, it very much helped their career. When Penn and Teller are talking about you and making fun of you, I think you've you've hit the big time. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, you know, that's the interesting thing. When when um, uh, we had the Boston Globe, they did an article on me when we did the investigation of uh, Wood Island. But I was more thrilled when I made the little political cartoon. 
in the same paper. <laughs> you know, the cartoon <laughs> making fun of me was more, to me, was, was cooler than, you know, having the article written. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, totally agree. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 really cool. But anyways, just, uh, go ahead. Well, we just had a, a comment from the uh, the chat room on Toji chat, yep. and uh, Nate said he knows someone who has a Ouija board tattooed on his back, shoulder to shoulder. Oh, they're they're awesome. I, I please, you know, if if you're listening and you want to send me an email, go to my site, send me an email. I love those pictures. Um, mm-hmm. There are quite a few people who have them on their back now. And there's even, I can't think of the name of the movie, but within the past five years, I think it's Liberata Me is the name of the movie that was done in England. And it, it's all about how a man dies with a Ouija board in his back and he's caught between two worlds. And it's, it's oh. very bizarre. But he did a sequel to that recently. It's really, really neat. And there are a lot of people who come to these conferences who just love to come up to me and take off their shirt and <laughs> they show me their yeah. back. And I'm like, I'm like, now show me your planchette. But they, so. Uh, yeah. that's so yeah, they women who do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I won't say no to someone if they do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I do want to see that. I mean, I have seen that now the Ouija board is going to replace the GPS. I, you know, we've done a few different things. Okay, so I... I saw I have, 30 odd minutes. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, that was a... Oh, God, you saw that episode. Yeah, we tried driving down the road and going to Gettysburg, and sadly, every time we asked it which exit, it would give oh. us the exit as we were passing it. It took so long to spell it out, so we need, we need to um, <laughs> download a new version of Maps or something, I think. Well, you know, that's what happens when you drive with Jeff Belanger, right? Yeah, well, you know, I have driven with Jeff Belanger more times than I probably should have. And, yeah, anything is possible when Jeff Belanger... Anything over once is more than right. you should have. Nothing but trouble, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I'm, so, a, I'm a glutton for punishment. So I want to talk about, and I'll talk about both of you, because it's a little bit take different take on the, the Ouija board, and that is the psychic circle. Oh, you guys yeah. are both familiar with it? Is that the, the Albano psychic circle? Pardon me? The, the Albano? It's like uh, Psychic, I think it's Monty and Farber. Um, they're, it's the one that's sold in bookstores, mostly. It has like the ring oh, that you use as a right, 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 right. It, it, it makes it like is. a Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys are like so technical, that's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, you were just, you well, just when met you, with when like you said Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah, when you said Pathfinder, it reminded me, it's funny because I've actually purchased one of those. And I write for the Pathfinder role-playing game and sent one of those as a gift to my publisher. So it's funny that I actually oh, bought cool. one of those products as a gift, but yeah, was <laughs> oh. was initially stumped with the name. So. I was thinking of luggage when you said Pathfinder, but that's all right. That's just me. <laughs> but anyways, the Psychic Circle, Bob, in case you don't know, it's, it's basically a square board with... Uh, has all the letters, the yeses, the noes, and a bunch of other crap on it. And uh, the planchette is basically um, the bottom of a glass that's used kind of like in gla- glass swirling, which is an old mm-hmm. Scottish m- method of divination. That's so it's, it's a really neat looking, and it's a beautiful board. It has lots of different colors and symbols. The thing I, I tend to have a hard time with that is that it folds out in force. And yeah. we all know that the planchettes tend to hit the when that happens. It's better than most of them. They have figured out how to keep it pretty even. But yeah, it works pretty good. Board, 
yeah, if that board could just stay completely flat, it would be amazing. And look, this brings open to other boards like angel boards. And um, Brains and I are lucky to be really good friends with a, a sweetheart, uh, Terry, who made one of the most successful angel boards out there with the belief that instead of contacting or potentially contacting demons or bad things, mm-hmm. you're contacting your guardian angel and, oh, uh, wow. and, and higher self. And so, you know, again, artwork plays into talking boards. Um, it, it's a difference between uh, planchettes because talking boards get to reinvent themselves by how they look every decade. They have mm-hmm. different artworks gets incorporated with them. And, and I guess, Brandon, the different shapes are what make them different enough to the average user for planchettes. Mm-hmm. So... Anyways, guys, we are about just about out of time, but I do want to tell you a quick little Ouija board story that I actually ran into in my investigation. Uh, we ran into this woman who was losing her house to the bank. This was year back, years back before all the houses went to the banks. And uh, she had some problems, let's put it that way. And, and what I found out is that uh, at the end of the evening, she used to tell us, she said she would use the Ouija board and by herself and she would do it while she was toking and uh so she <laughs> would use it by herself and she used it while she was talking and then she made contact with the spirit um so she invited the spirit into her so that he could feel what it'd be like to be high so anyways we kind of told her that maybe it might not be a good idea to do this but um she was really against it because this spirit was her friend because he would always tell her when the sales were coming up at macy's so uh, there you go that's my ouija board story so oh, next time you use the ouija board, remember that the spirit that's could read the paper right. too yeah there you go well, well one last plug so for your your um your festival that's coming up there. For all these listeners, again, go out, see Jason Robito, see his collection, meet his lovely wife, mm-hmm. and, you know, think of me while you're playing Ouija and Brandon. Yeah, okay. well, we're going to hitch up one of these days. But any anything that you guys want to promote before we go? we got about 30 seconds, 15 seconds. Well, Bob and I have both recently introduced public pages where we're kind of uh, a little more up-to-date than our website, a little, you know, uh, sort of daily um, revelations of new research we're doing. Uh, Bob's at Robert Merch public page. Is that right, Bob? That's right. Facebook, and uh, I'm at Brandon Hodge-MysteriousPlanchette.com. So if you search for Robert Merch or Brandon Hodge, look for either public page or author page or MysteriousPlanchette.com. And that's some new endeavors that we've just uh, introduced in the last few weeks, and uh, as well as my blog on MysteriousPlanchette.com. Okay. So, Bob, what about you? So click like. No, he he said it all for us. So click like there on you go. pages. I, 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 I just been, I just been lied to anyways because we just heard the doorbell, which means the pizza from the dead's here, which means we have two minutes. So That's uh, right. They they totally lied. Oh. So let me throw this out to you, gentlemen. Before we do go, what is the future of the Ouija board? What are we going to see? We saw this new ultraviolet sexy planchette that reads hidden messages and oh the other cool thing by the way when you go over a letter if you dwell on it for a long time and move off it that letter stays lit so you can actually write it down which is kind of cool so where are we going next i i'd like to see it move more into the digital um area i mean for people who do these investigations we were just with bill chapel um digital dowsing in the uh obelisk so I would love to see the Ouija board uh, moved into a digital 
which is hard to do. A real talking board? Imagining. Are we talking about a real talking yeah, board? I, yes, I would like to see a talking board moved. Now, the problem is, is, again, pricing and how much it would cost to do this, but I have faith that if anyone can do this, could take a talking board into the digital age, it would be uh, Bill Chapel. Okay. See, for myself, yeah, for myself, I'm going to go in the other direction. I think the future of Ouija boards lies buried in the past. We have so much research to do, and Bob certainly has cornered the market on, uh, you know, on really the cutting edge of Ouija board research specifically and talking board research, but there is so much uh, left undiscovered about the history of spiritualism, how it ties in with this whole yeah. story about planchettes, which, you know, I've been collecting a long time, but this research into planchettes is, is really about the, you know, just the last few years, the really hardcore stuff. And uh, now we're starting to moving, move into spirit trumpets and other seance devices. Absolutely. And there is such a rich history that, that really, as we learn more, I think that's where the future lies, is really uncovering that story. Anyways, uh, Nate, Nate asked the question, is there a Ouija board app? And of course there is. There's an app for everything. There's many apps. Many, 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 there many, you right. go. So, so Brandon, uh, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, you know, happy boarding uh, or whatever you're doing. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. Yeah. Good night. Good night, everybody. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.